0: I am Jake Shears, and I am a singer and a writer and an actor, I guess. And I just say an overall entertainer. Welcome
1: to the next episode of Introducing. How you going? My name is Tim. I've had a little bit of a break. It's nice to be back. Hope you enjoyed my chat with the boys from the Vans, and I hope you are doing what I'm doing and booking my tickets for their massive Australian tour. Did you see it? when, uh, when uh, After I did the chat, they dropped the information, which is great. Mm, 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 mm. hitting Melbourne, November 3, Adelaide on the 4th, the 17th in Perth, Sydney on the 18th, 25th in Brisbane. Make sure you just check out their Instagram or you know Google The Vans Band, man, and uh, book tickets to go and see um, their epic shows. Uh, now, I've just been kicking around listening to some music, right? That's what I do. I like doing it. And uh, an album that I've just loved is Last Man Dancing, which happens to be by Jake Shears. Now, you might know him best as the front man of the Scissor Sisters yes that's right I don't feel like dancing comfortably numb take your mama out so I was just kicking around on the internet one day and I thought oh Jake Shears is doing some interviews so I reached out to me mate Trent and I said can I speak to Jake Shears please and he's like sure he's the nicest guy ever and yes he is here he is not only is he a singer songwriter he, he's also like co-wrote a musical with Elton John, the Tammy Faye musical. He's just been at Glastonbury with Elton. We talk about Elton John's weird parties and the people that he's met at those parties in this chat. And we also talk about this album. We kick off by uh, Exploring the World of the House Party, which it turns out me and Jake Shears are quite familiar with. Last Man Dancing is just a ripping album. Kylie Minogue features on this album. Iggy Pop, Jane Fonda, Amber Martin. It's so good. And it's a, a journey through the ultimate house party. Please enjoy this. He's infectious. He's lovely. My chat with Jake Shears.
0: The it oh,
1: hello. Hi. How are you going? I'm good. How are you going? Look how, look how relaxed you look. Where are you at the moment? You look happy and relaxed. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just at home. Yeah, I'm just hanging out in my little studio corner and drinking my second um, coffee of the morning. Yeah, nice and Yeah, I just kind of rolled out of bed a little while ago. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, mate, mm-hmm. honestly, last
1: night, as I do, I was listening to Last Man Dancing, and I'm, I promise I'm not saying this. First listen to, I was like, this is killer. Honestly.
0: thank you thank you i'm really proud of it i had such a good time making it it was just kind of a dream record um there's stuff that i'm doing on it that i've sort of always wanted to do and um yeah I, i i'm super proud of it like put so much work into the the sound design of it and just the details that are on it which is sort of my favorite part
1: I think it's funny isn't it like you know when you do something like in the entertainment area and you make something look so easy like a, but uh, we know work goes into things right I'm not saying you don't work incredibly hard but this album sounded really like you were having the the greatest time of your career so far and you've made some very fun music
0: Yeah I I I just loved I had, had a great time making this stuff I finished this record off in Lisbon Portugal um with Boys Noise and We just kind of went in. I love just going into the studio and and making a bubble and kind of not having a life for a little bit and just diving in and kind of living in the music. I sometimes will sleep in studios. Oh, yeah. Um, I just did that a few weeks ago. I was riding out in Laguna and just sleeping in the studio I was working in. And like I love that. I love just being in that sort of bubble.
1: You, you've said that it's a journey through the ultimate house party, which we'll talk about in a second. But how much research in your life have you done as far as being at house parties are concerned, to uh, be able to articulate perfectly what a journey through a house party is actually like?
0: <laughs> I, I do have a lot of experience with house parties, believe it or not. Yeah, um, it's my favorite. You know, a house party is my favorite environment. Yeah. I, lo- you know, if 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 the setting is right, if all the elements are coming together. I just think they're a beautiful thing. If you don't have people complaining, if you don't have the cops showing up. Yeah. I had one of my house parties raided by about 30 police officers. Like must have been about 10 years ago, but that was really exciting. Um, (laughs) But yeah, if all the elements are there to working, it's just an amazing, intimate place to be with friends and hear good music. And, you know, you don't have to pay for drinks. Yeah, that's what was a plus. yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. it's just a great environment, and I and I do like I love throwing house parties at my my place in New Orleans these days, and you know the the I love it the later it gets, and you can kind of go deeper with the music, and
1: yeah, it's well you have concerns. It's me one of
0: my favorite pastimes. Said I
1: think your favorite hours are between four and six now. That that's that's what we call here in Australia kick-ons. Like that's like you are really like you, it feels like you've you've gone to dinner, you've gone to a club, you've gone to another club, and then it's called like everyone's closed or don't want you there because you're too wasted. And we call four till six kick-ons.
0: Uh four till six is like it's definitely thinned out a bit. Um I usually have the fire going. Um and I use basically I use studio monitors for my sound system. Yeah. And it's just like, it's my, that's my secret weapon is like my focal studio monitors as party speakers. Cause it really like the dimension in the music trips people out.
1: Yeah. I would just, they yeah.
0: sound so good that <laughs> yeah. it, it really does wake people up, you know? Um, I would
1: assume a house party at your house isn't like you know most people's where they have the mobile phone in the cup. You know when they play it out of a
0: mobile phone and it and it's sitting in the cup. Yeah, no. Of the cable. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. It is. It is not. Although I, you know, you do have to resort to that every once in a while. But definitely, not, yeah. I've said. I've said that to, to
1: bands I speak to. Like a lot of people put so much. I mean, obviously, your 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 sonic knowledge would be out of this world. But people put so much. Thought into how they create their sound. And then if they know that some of the population is sitting at home with their mobile phone stuck in a cup. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh my god no it's so true or just like listening to that off your iPhone it's it's yeah it, it it is really true it's it's or like laptop speakers it's so depressing
1: you've got Jane Fonda on this record you've got Iggy Pop and of course the song Voices with our very own Kylie Minogue is next level um I'm assuming you've known Kylie for a long time um firstly to you padum padum because that's how everyone talks in Australia now <laughs>
0: <laughs> ba-dum. Ba-dum. Um, how did you guys connect yeah no I've got I've known her for for twenty years now. Uh we went when after Scissors Sisters put out our first album. Um, we went in the studio with her, me and Baby Daddy, and wrote a couple songs, including one called I Believe in You. That ended up doing really well. And then we just became friends over the years. She and I have a lot of fun in the studio. Um, I love getting to record her voice. Um, I tend to push her in a like a little bit weirder and darker of a direction just for my own sort of sick pleasure, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> so there's, you know, there's so much stuff that'll never see the light of day. Yeah. I uh, imagine. <laughs> but, uh, but I, I've, yeah, I just, I love, I love working with her and I just think she's got an incredible voice. Her voice is like, uh, I compare it to Dolly Parton, Kate Bush, Kylie Minogue. Those three. And I think they should start a super group together.
1: Can you imagine? I imagine that. Yeah. Or, or you know, even avatars. Have you heard that, you know, ABBA are doing like an avatar concert in, in the- UK? Yeah. I,
0: I, I went and saw it. It was incredible. <laughs> you, I, I, feel, yes. I feel
1: that as a successful musician uh, like yourself and like, obviously like Kylie, if someone called you and said, hey, I've got an idea for you. Would you like to make a ton of money on the road and you don't have to leave your house? <laughs> I feel like <laughs> that's the next, it might be the next decade of touring.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is, it is tempting. We could get that together as an avatar, I'm would... saying. That's
1: all, you know. Kylie, yes. Okay, you yeah, know that
0: would say? be, yeah. that would be a show I would pay to see most definitely. And, and, on, and the other song I really love that stood out for me was Eight Ball. Yeah. You know what? It was always my dream to, make an instrumental basically and the album is in two very distinct sides the first half of the record is more kind of accessible pop songs yeah and then the second half starts with eight ball which is like it's an instrumental that sort of eases you in to the second half of the record, and um,
1: is that as the sun's coming up? Because I'm picturing as I'm listening to this, I'm thinking: is if, if I'm in your Jake Shears world of a, a, a house party, th- this is as the sun's starting to peek through. Would that be correct?
0: Maybe just <laughs> the sky is getting a little bit lighter. Yeah, that's all I mean. That's all I want—just a little. Is bit, it, bit, just yeah, a, yeah just a, a little, little tiny bit lighter. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I I I I love that song. I, I've always wanted to do an instrumental, and I think this record you know it, it's it's sort of it's a conceptual piece and with the collaborations and the sort of i don't necessarily need to be singing over the whole thing right i want to i want to make music but i don't care if like i'm doing the lead vocal or whatever i just want to make a great song and i love playing with other people's vocals so i don't know i this, this is kind of a fantasy i have a fantasy about making another record that's just even more Stingers on it. I feel like this album is just full of different characters. yeah I think I counted 10 characters total that sing on this record. I sing as a few different people um but there are 10 different distinct points of view on this album.
1: So, because you, you say, you just said before, like, you like to kind of immerse yourself in the bubble. Like, I, I'm really intrigued because obviously all I do, I get to talk to musicians, but I, I can play, you know, four chords on the guitar and that's about as far as I can go. But how much do you kind of have in your head that this is what it's going to sound like? And how different is it generally when you walk out and, you know, it you know, gets to people like me who get to finally listen to it? Like, is it a whole different thing or do you pretty much stay within the boundaries of what you wanted to create in the first place?
0: Sometimes you're just like go you don't know what you're making while you're making it and you sort of have to like you know I was just I, I was just writing for a week out on the west coast and I'm I'm aiming to make a third side for this album um and I was just out on the west coast writing and it's just like you know you spit a bunch of stuff out and you kind of have to step away from it for a second and and look back and 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 see what you've got um and you know, there are revelations that happen later, but stuff changes. Yeah. Um, I'm not super, super intentional when I'm making music, but I did know at a certain point that I wanted this to be a party record and not have any sort of like slow, sentimental, emotional moments on it <laughs> other than just euphoria.
1: Well, there was that. If you, if, you, if you dare for a second, picture me in my lounge room last night, Monday night in Australia. I've got my AirPods on. The kids are asleep. I've had a couple of beers and I'm walking around like it's Saturday night, jotting down the odd <laughs> question, but really enjoying it a little bit too much. So congratulations on that. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you like it. I'm really glad you like it. Can I, can I take everyone back to the start? Because it is called Introducing. You're from Arizona originally. And, and I wanted to know, because I've seen you live as the Scissor Sisters before. And I've interviewed you before when you've been in Australia. Yeah. um have you come from a musical background or are you the are you the the dark horse as they say because I, I not knowing much about Arizona I'm, I'm kind of feeling it might not have been the
0: most creative place to grow up but I could be wrong no but you know what's interesting is I spent a lot of my youth as well in Seattle and uh spent my last couple of years of high school in Seattle in like 94 95 96 yeah Um, which being in Seattle in the mid '90s was amazing as a 15, 16, 17 year old. Well, that's Uh, it was really inspiring. That's like grunge. That's Pearl. I mean, there was so much uh, music. Yeah, it it was just a big. uh, There was so much going on, and it was really, really inspiring. I didn't come from a musical household. Really, my parents didn't play a lot of music. I kind of found it for myself, but. I do think being in Seattle in my sort of teenage developmental years was very integral to what I ended up going on to do.
1: Because I, I read that your first concert was Susie and the Banshees. Is that correct?
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which you, you know, the first time I saw what, like, I went to i I went to a real concert. It just changed my life. It just seemed like such a magical place and not only that the the really special thing too about that concert is between the opener which was the wonder stuff and susie and the Banshees, Mm. they played nine inch nails pretty hate machine in its entirety over the pa and i had never heard of nine inch nails this is kind of right when that record had come out and it just The whole the whole night lit me up. It was just so inspiring, like got to know new music, got to see Susie Sue. Um, And from then on, I was just like addicted to concerts.
1: Yeah, well, I always find this. I, I even, I even, even go as far as if I go and see a movie at the theater, I very rarely think it's bad because I just like going out to see people make something generally. And if there's a like, if I watch something on streaming, I'm like, nah, whatever. But like, it's very hard to have a bad time during a live concert, even if it's you've never seen them before. That's why I think it, I feel even in the last few years, the support act at concerts has become a much bigger draw card too. Whereas it used to be like, no, oh, I'm just supporting that that band. But people at li- live music, especially after COVID, made People are like, fuck yes. Let me let me get outside <laughs> and and
0: and see people yeah. doing
1: stuff and playing for me.
0: Yeah, and you can't. It's it's you can't really take it for granted, you know. And when I'm out on stage now performing, I think about those couple years where there was just, you know, you weren't able to do that, and it was it felt like, you know, with everybody, but but not being able to perform was just a big hole in my life and. Uh, when I am out on stage and with a crowd and having that experience on the other end of it, I I really do every time think about how wonderful it is that that we get to do it and how lucky I am.
1: Can I ask you though, what what was that time period like then between seeing Susie and the Banshees to the Scissor Sisters? Like, when did you realize that that you just you loved it?
0: Yeah, it was well, I mean it was in high school and I I learned, you know, five chords on the guitar and I uh, a little bit. And by the way, wow, those are that's about all I know still. You know, I don't play an instrument. I don't really play anything. I do everything sort of by by ear. Um, yeah. But um you know, I was just I was just really into music, and then when I went to college It was such a great time because there you, you know, you had like Aphex Twin, you had DJ Shadow, you had Radiohead. There was like an amazing moment in the sort of latter half of the 90s of just great records. Um and I still think that's my favorite part of like yeah, I
1: know it's very hard to pick favorites when when you're an adult like I think favorites are reserved for like being a toddler like oh that's my favorite movie and that's my favorite song but <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean like I, I like lots of things at different times of my life but I think that late yeah. 90s period is is still something that I, I think is just because every everything even the popular things were completely different like No Doubt was on the radio and everyone was doing something completely different but it was considered to be popular music
0: yes yeah I agree and there's you think about some of the hits from that time too, and there was just a lot of like left of center stuff that was breaking through that had broken through so after i I went to college for a year in la and then I ended up moving to New York when I was twenty and I just knew I wanted to perform and I was started of go-go dancing and like i I knew I wanted to do something I didn't know exactly what it is I wanted to do, but me and my buddy started just making stupid songs on his computer, like really dumb songs, like filthy, like we were just making ourselves laugh. Like we were just like really dumb stuff. (laughs) And that's how Scissor Sisters started. Like suddenly, you know, accidentally we like, you know wrote a good song or we covered comfortably numb by pink floyd and it started like catching fire that that, that
1: was the first that was the first real scissor sister song wasn't it even though it wasn't yours (laughs) that was the one that really yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah and and it did catch it it did start catching fire and it was one of those things where i remember thinking like oh this first song that's making a (laughs) splash is a cover so we should probably really get to writing some some great stuff. We better get
1: to work. <laughs> yeah, I was on air uh, on radio in Perth when uh, "Take Your Mama" was uh, I first played it on radio in in Australia, and it was it, again. It was that time. It still kind of felt like the late nineties, where I hadn't heard a song like this before that we were kind of allowed to play on the radio. That must have made you
0: feel great that this was catching on. This, the, as you say, this silly stuff. Oh, it was such an exciting time. I mean, I think that. I, I think that moment before a band breaks is just the most thrilling time. Uh, if, if you're lucky enough to have that as a musician. Um, and yeah, then, then the sky was just the limit. It was, we were just going with all guns blazing.
1: Yeah. Well now, um, you're doing solo stuff. you got a podcast, apparently you've got a radio show and you you looking for a, a book to come out sometime as well. Um, and, and and the musical, the Tommy Faye musical.
0: Yeah. And there's, there's a second musical that I've got having, <laughs> that's having a reading at the end of July. I mean, it's, I got to say, it's, I'm having one of these moments in my life right now where I feel like, what have I done? <laughs> well,
1: firstly, I'm amazed that you've had 19 minutes free in your day to speak to me. <laughs>
0: Uh, no, and I'm I'm, I'm happy to, and but but it is it it has really compounded right now. Where yeah, it's very intense. It's like a really intense period. I'm super shattered. I'm happy that that everything's going well, but I just kind of sleep and and get up and they're just totally full days yeah and there's there's five other things that you that you didn't mention <laughs> that I'm also working on so it's it's hardcore what do you want and I'm not 25 own, anymore I'm gonna be do I'm I, gonna be 45 this year join a car wash
1: or something a chain of restaurants that I don't know about like what's going on what <laughs> and then, else
0: is there <laughs> no yeah no no car wash but um but no there's 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 other music projects that I'm working on musicals there's you know there's there's theater stuff that I'm Also doing, Mm. you know, it's a, it's a, it's a lot on the plate.
1: Well, I will let you go in a second. I want to know about because I went to Glastonbury last year, and I know you're at Glastonbury this year. um, And I had huge FOMO. I made sure that I looked at all the YouTube clips like a few days after when I knew everyone had left. But I I know you're very close with Elton John, obviously, and and that that him closing the night too. Like, did you stick around for that? Oh my god, yeah, yeah.
0: I was about halfway back through the field. I mean, it was one of the. It was just one of the most beautiful experiences I've, I've ever had. And sort of standing, I was like halfway back in the field and just the view and the sun going down. It was just, it was perfection. And he sounded so good. And the set list was so good. And it was so emotional. And sometimes I still pinch myself, you know, that, that we're friends. Um, it's sometimes I forget you know that that's even who he is you know when i when i'm back there and looking at this massive field of 200 thousand people and it's my friend up there yes. like doing this it's the it's the sweetest it's the sweetest thing and he was just so happy it was amazing to see him um just, just so thrilled. He's, I, I think, he's still buzzing from it.
1: What I love is though, like, even just from a distance, looking at how much support. Like again, one of the people that you would think has no time in his day, but the support he has for young musicians. I, I, I know he, like, I remember when he said, like, Australian guys Peniel who I'm sure you know, like, love. Oh yeah, like you know, like he, the support and the encouragement he has for music from all around the world, even of different genres. I know he brought Sam Fender into his life as well. Like,
0: yeah, and he he loves creative people. And- and uh, I, he really fosters a community. God, the people that I've met through Elton, it's just been, it's just been amazing. I mean, he had a dinner, I don't know, it was about six weeks ago, and you know, it was it was Nick Cave and Pete Townsend. Oh wow! <laughs> and me sitting there, and it's just like that kind of thing where it's just it's so generous, it's so amazing. He knows that I'm going to just, that I'm just like melting in my chair. Nick
1: Cave's one of my favorite people. And I reckon you and him bringing the dark side out of Kylie Minogue is probably
0: <laughs> what he- <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you a funny story about about him? Please. He, it, he, so Elton and I had a, a lunch with him about a month before that. So I'd hung out with or with him a couple times and he was, I just, He's such an amazing person. And he invited me to go cold water swimming with him <laughs> two days later. And I got up at like 5:30 in the morning. We went swimming in freezing cold water as the sun was coming up in, in this beautiful park. And uh, yeah, it was just one of those moments where I'm like, what the what the heck? <laughs> I love it. I love that. Yeah. No, it's, it's amazing. And it, and stuff like that wouldn't even happen without the man that we're talking about. Week, yeah. You know, um,
1: well, I'm so appreciative of your time. Last Man Dancing uh, is such an incredible piece of work. You should
0: be so proud of it. I really mean that. I, I loved every minute of it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm so glad you like it. It's been so nice to see the response, and I'm, I really appreciate you listening to and it. And I can't
1: wait for a third side of the album. Not, no pressure. Um, but um, I, we do finish introducing with you introducing us to someone.
0: Um. Oh, my God. Jeez. Uh, uh, it's hard. It's hard. I get it. <laughs> just just um, give me can yeah, just of course. One Take second. your time, yeah. please. Let me just uh, let's see. God, that's all my all my dance music. I'm not gonna do any of that. <laughs> I you know I've got it. There's a, there's a, there's a song also. Um, I mean, it's a little left of center, but it's it's been. It's a Nick Cave song, actually. It's mm. it's uh it's off of Dig Lazarus. Dig. The song is called Night of the Lotus Eaters, and it's I think it's probably going to be my number one most played song on Spotify this year. Um, and it made me discover something about my taste in music. There's a lot of detuned and sort of thinging flat and and out of key. There's a lot of sort of dissonant sounds in it, um, and I find it super addictive. And I'm sort of realizing that dissonant sounds are really hooky for me.
1: Oh, I, I agree with that. I think hearing something that's not quite... Or not, I don't want to say not quite right, but it just feels... That feels beautiful. It feels like you're part of something. It feels like you were there for it.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, and it's, 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 it's those, those sour notes that get stuck in your head, even on eight on, on ball. There's towards the end, I I hit some just like really bad notes on. There's like some pipey synth sounds that are just like not supposed to be there. In fact, I think I had leaned on the keyboard <laughs> yeah. with my elbow, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and and you know I you wait for those moments when you hear something so I hope this
1: song isn't too weird no 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 um, oh, no, no this is, this is Australia we love Nick Cave and, and, and Dig Lazarus Dig is incredible so no I, I love that I love it uh, Jake such a pleasure uh, congratulations again and hopefully I mean uh, if you've got plans to come back to Australia soon let us know but we'd love to I'd love to see this album live
0: oh it's been fun guys. yeah I would I, I really hope I get to bring
1: it down there unreal such a pleasure thank you so much for your time awesome thank
0: you take care yeah, yeah. it was nice talking to you Lift.